Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as light workers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Good morning. Good morning. Almost afternoon. What time is it? No, it's it's brunch. Okay, it's brunch. It's brunch. Good morning. Welcome to Bellworks. Thank you for having me. And we're back here, the Dreamcatchers. Yes, everybody can hear us. Good morning. <laughs> Come on over. Um, we are live this morning from Bellworks in Homedale, New Jersey. I'm completely excited and maybe a little bit nervous, and I never get nervous, to be here back with Jamie and our friend and guest today, Christina Santos, um, who has a tremendous career that we are going to dive all over and pronounce the name of her firm where she currently works in three different languages with three different accents. But I'll let Jamie do it because she sounds so much better when she does it. Yeah, well, I I botched it earlier when I was telling somebody that we were interviewing you and I got corrected. But then I was told by Christina that actually I was correct in certain cultures and areas of the world. But anyway, Christina's here today. We're sitting in Bell Market at Bell Works. If those of you have never seen it, it is awesome here in front of Corbo and Sons. They're making pizzas right behind us. We're so excited to be here. We have a live audience and hopefully more people joining. Um, But we wanted to welcome Christina here today. And Christina is a friend of ours in Fairhaven, but also as our um, guests have been a powerhouse in her world. And we'd love to talk to her today a little bit more about how she got to where she is. But if you could tell us a little bit about you and just introduce yourself to our audience. Sure. My name is Christina Santos and I had inclusion and diversity for Santa Fe. It's a human healthcare company. Uh, globally, I have remit over the North America inclusion and diversity team. But that's, that's what I do in my day job. And when I'm not at work, I'm a mom of four and I live in Fairhaven just down the street from Marissa. I have two boys, two girls ranging from almost 14 to very much 7 and 2 in the middle. Um, so yeah, that's who I am and, and that's my deal. Awesome. So when we start this, this particular podcast, we call What's Your Story? And uh, you and I crammed a little bit on the way here because she was kind enough to pick me up. And we talked a little bit about your incredible career. But when we are highlighting that career, we like to zoom in and say, let's start from the beginning. Um, and in this particular case, especially since you have a very much seven-year-old who I adore, what did you want to be when you grow up back then? Back then. So um, my dad loves to tell everybody that I literally wanted to be a basketball. You wanted to be a basketball. A basketball. Not a basketball player, <laughs> but a basketball. Because <laughs> I, liked, I liked the dimples. Um, and I don't have dimples, and I always wanted them. Um, and then when I grew up slightly... I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a defense attorney in particular. Um, and then I wanted to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> well, it seems like maybe you've drawn on all three. You are, the basketball. you are fairly sporty, although that's you don't true. look like a ball. Um, thank goodness. Um, thank goodness. Um, that's our, 
honestly, that's our favorite question because I think everybody's answer is so funny. I've never heard basketball before, so that's a good one. Um, so what was your first job? Like, what was your first thing that you ever did to I earn was, money? Um, I was a, a waitress at a senior citizen's retirement community. So I grew up in South Florida. I grew up in Boca Raton where there are a lot of senior citizen there retirement are. communities. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first job was waiting tables in a lovely polyester dress with tan stockings and sneakers and a hairnet and um, it was awesome it was super fun I don't know why this became like the cool job to have but I did it with all of my friends Mm -hmm. and it taught us immediately how to have respect for our elders how to be able to socialize with people from all different walks and generations and it was just this adorable appreciation of getting there every day and um, you know serving them their half and half of iced tea and lemonade and um, yeah that was what I did. How old I was, were you when you did that? I was a sophomore in high school. And wow. it, was, it was not an orange outfit. No. So you were, you were moving away from it. Yeah. Right. yeah, it was black and white. <laughs> Lovely. Um, yeah. And then how long did you do that for more than one year or through high school? No, I did that for one year. And then I sort of did the usual high school kid um, gamut of jobs. I was a barista at a coffee house. and uh, But I was also a really busy kid. So I did student council and I was a cheerleader and I was in all the plays. And so I was the classic overachieving mm-hmm. um, high school kid as well. And Sounds when familiar. you went to school in college, you stayed in Florida, correct? I did. Yes. Yes. And did you have any internships undergrad that you remember being... Um, of interest? I did not have any internships, um, but what I did do when I was in college, when I went to two schools. I went to the University of Florida, and I had a very traditional college experience, like big school, big football school. I was in a sorority. I was an officer in that sorority, the whole nine yards. But when I... Um, what officer were you, just out of curiosity? I was the pledge trainer. Me uh-huh. too. <laughs> this is not me a shock to me. too. <laughs> um, Sounds so appropriate, right? It, it, yeah. We will get was, to that, but I think that that is such a true telling that you did that at that age at 19 20 years old you're doing that job it's like very similar I'm foreshadowing that you would draw on some of those experiences today I was social chair well of course you were (laughs) (laughs) and I so it's funny I joined the sorority to make the school smaller because UF is a 40,000 plus students so Mm -hmm. I needed smaller community and it was my means to an end to get engaged in student government. I was a student senator, but at that school, you can't do any of those things if you're not in the Greek system. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, so I was sort of swimming with the current even then, and that's one of the things that I always like to talk about professionally is no need to map your own current. Just figure out where it is and then swim with it, and then you can affect change from within. So foreshadowing, I was one of the first people, sort of the, an advocate in my sorority house to welcome in our first African-American sister, if you will. And, and, and that was a big deal at the time um, because I wanted diversity even then. It was really important. It was from the core. It I love was that. very much from the core. Um, and we'll, we, we can get into that. But when I, when I transferred to FIU, which is in Miami, Florida International University, I worked a lot throughout college. But it was tending bar, waiting tables, um, and doing that kind of work. And, and that's where it. you got your nice smile yes. and your client service skills. That's there right. it is. <laughs> what was your first real job? I worked on Wall Street. No kidding. 
I did, yeah. That's not on your LinkedIn profile, I do not it think. It is not. I, it's not. I scrolled all the way down, and it's, I'm still on it now, and it's not there. It's not. You're so, tricking us. A little bit. Um, so when you get a degree in international business, there are a couple of things that will come your way. Um, the UN experience is one of those. Sure. Um, and what I learned about the UN, and I did not know at the time, is that you can take all of your language skills, so I speak a few other languages, but they don't really care. They'll take, teach you what mm -hmm. they need and then sort of deploy you wherever they need you. And that was not for me. So I had to then decide between staying in Miami or going to New York. I was dating my now husband, then boyfriend. So I chose New York. And his brother made an introduction for me at the bank that he still works at today. And that was my first job out of school. I was I had my licenses. I had my seven and my 63. And I made trades and all that fun stuff. I did non-advisory financial um, global custody for offshore banks and mutual funds and institutions and pension funds in South America, the Caribbean, and Canada. That was so. My first you job. were at least touching on some of your international business degree, so very it wasn't so. foreign. No, no, it was very much. Well, it was foreign, but it wasn't it was foreign <laughs> to you. <laughs> yes, I actually got to do what I studied right out of school. That's cool. That yeah. is cool and, and unique and fairly rare. Rare. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I owe it all to the network that existed at the time and somebody making the introduction for me, for sure. Yep. Not, I love that. Not, not for nothing. We talk about this on a regular basis that even though there's so much more available, it still sometimes comes down to the network and who can make a connection for you. Without even, question. Especially with the sea of connectivity that we all have now, it almost doesn't, it doesn't, we can't land any connections without actually going the old-fashioned way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I normally would ask at this point, like, are there highlights from any of these experiences that you still draw on today? But I think we actually are organically discovered that while you were a bartender and also working in financial services, which was an unexpected combination, not the bartender part, but the finance part, um, I think that you probably exercise a lot of these things from from the way up in your day-to-day. -day. Yep. Even back from the, 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 the retirement community. Yes, I do. I do. Um, yeah, and it's weird because you don't make those connections as you're going along. It's just at one point you look back, you're like, huh, there they all were. All yeah, the like all the things that you now use in your day-to-day -day actually came from somewhere and something. Like a tapestry of things that were already proven true. Yes. And not to quote Kevin from This Is Us I this week. I was just but about <laughs> to say Kevin from This Is Us this week talks about. Brilliant line. I did Brilliant line it. about how over the course of your life, every experience you have gives you something, gives you a piece of who you are. How good was that episode? I'm selling it over it, apparently. Okay, I haven't seen it yet, so don't ruin it. Okay, we will not ruin we won't it. Thank you. Else, but mm -hmm. yes, like that everything you do in life, and we have this conversation often with our candidates, where you feel like you're in like this dead-end job or like you're not happy, but every experience, every single thing happens yeah. for a reason. You're taking something from it, whether right. it's a, a boss that you love or an experience that you're into or working with your friends, a boss that you hate, working with your friends at the retirement community. Every single ounce of the things that you've done over the course of your career and your life has given you a little piece to create who you are now. That's right. Um, okay. So are you still doing what you thought you wanted to do? The answer is probably no, because you're not a basketball. No. And I'm not um, an attorney. Yeah, and you're not an attorney. <laughs> Um, so tell us what you're doing now, for real. I know you said it a little bit um, in your intro, but tell us kind of your role now. Yeah, so I, um, I had inclusion and diversity for a large uh, human healthcare company, and that's a hard thing to articulate to adults and children, because even when my kids ask me what I do, it's, it's hard to 
to say in words, but um, there's a brilliant woman who works in this space named Verne Myers, and she coined a term that I use very frequently. So my entire job, if you think about diversity as who's invited to the party, but inclusion is who's asked to dance. And belonging is when people dance like nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. So my job is to and make he's got sure. The chills. I love that quote. Right, oh, our friends came. So Hi guys, my <laughs> whole gig, like I am entrusted with the responsibility of making sure that everybody that's a part of our organization feels like they've truly been invited. And once they're in the room, that people are paying attention to them and they want them to be there so that they're asked to dance. So, because we've all been in those situations where we were left out of the party and then you're outside looking in or you've been invited but nobody talks to you and you're like, why did you invite me here in the first place? The worst of all. Right. You don't care who I am. You're not asking my opinion. You're talking over me. You're not inviting me to literally sit at the table. I'm just sort of on the periphery. Um, But then we've also all been in those scenarios where you know that people are completely rocking out who they are and who they're meant to be and they're their absolute best self and we know what it feels like to dance like nobody's watching it's usually really late into the night and we've had a couple cocktails but um but professionally what that feels like it is magical so my whole job is to create that kind of an environment within our organization and that kind of an environment where candidates are drawn to come in um, and that no matter where you're sitting within the company that you have an opportunity to influence the greater good um, and that comes in, there's a lot of tactical and operational ways that comes to life, but that's the way that I like to phrase kind of what I do. You know, just thinking about how you got from uh, working in banking to then heading such a huge, timely, important, for lack of a better word, initiative for a major organization, you, you transitioned into pharma and you, in, and you, and you were in sales, correct? Yes. yes. And, and mar- then sales and marketing. And sales right? and marketing. Yeah. And then what happened? The training and education piece is what hooked you? So um, I wanna I wanna go back to something that happened to me earlier, like as a in high school, if I can just for a moment, because yeah. this is when I think about like what sparked me and kind of what always drives me. So I was a high school kid that won a contest and I got to go to this conference because sometimes that happens, right? You write an essay and somebody's chosen. Um, So I was chosen to go to this thing to represent my school in the state of Florida. And then from that conference, they picked two people to go from the state of Florida to represent the country at some international leadership thing. So I'm 15, my 15-year-old self, and they're talking to us about all of the things in the world that really need people to gather up and and make a difference about. And I um, burst into tears, like ugly crying, like hyperventilating. Everyone's like, what is wrong with you? And my response was, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. We don't have enough time. How are we ever going to get all of this done? And um, that sort of encapsulates like every opportunity I've ever looked at was, okay, here's what I'm doing, but how can I impact the greater good? Like, what's the bigger picture here? Because that's when I figured out, like, I have a responsibility to do something to contribute to the greater good, right? To be part of the solution. So when I went into sales and pharma, my mom had been telling me for years, you know, you should really consider pharma sales. I'm like, eh, I'm good. I can figure out my own way. Um, I liked finance. It was great. But the parts that I liked the most were dealing with all of the different people in the different countries, um, being able to really help them meet whatever their goals were. Um, And truthfully, just... 
pharma was where I, I landed. This was back in the day when pharma companies were expanding by leaps and bounds, by hundreds and hundreds, because that was just the model. And so my way in was sales. I loved it. I was outside. I got to meet different people every day. You're somewhat entrepreneurial. Nobody's telling you where to check in. Like You get to literally drive your agenda. Um, and I was really good at it. Um, but I caught the bug to manage people. And I realized that I was actually better at managing salespeople than I was at being a salesperson. Um, but it wasn't until, one, my first glimpse was I had my first child. And I was working at a relatively small pharma at the time. And I said to them, you know, it'd be really good if we had like a working moms group. And they're like, well, if we have a working moms group, then, you know, everybody's going to want a group. And they sort of poo-pooed it. And I'm like, huh, that's too bad. Okay. So we, I didn't start anything. And then I went to another much larger pharma. And um, what I started to realize was that how people were treated for all of who they were had a really big impact on how they were able to do their job or not. Um, and, it, and, you know, and we can talk about the different roles that I've played. But what, what occurred to me was this other part if not adequately addressed, is going to prevent you from being successful, whether you're a salesperson or a team manager or just a company. Um, I came into an organization that it was in the midst of some, a sexual discrimination lawsuit and in full transparency. I didn't know that it was going on, but I was right in the middle of it. Some people on my team were involved and very quickly realized the impact it has on people when some lenses of who we are, the dimensions of who we are, aren't addressed. And that's when I fell in love with the function of inclusion and diversity. Most companies call it diversity and inclusion. Um, but that's when I started pouring all of my extracurricular time and effort into getting as close to the work so were, as I could. you were doing it outside of your day-to-day -day I was job. doing it as my side hustle you were doing inside side the company. Hustle. I love speaking your language, Jamie. Speaks my language. I'm like my middle name is side, side hustle. <laughs> Jamie has like twelve side I have, hustles. I have twelve middle names, but that's yeah. one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that, and you did that, and that's similar to how I got into PR, um, into recruiting and HR from PR because I started my career in PR and started doing side hustle stuff at my agency, like running the internship program and doing the newsletter and the bulletin boards. And our HR person was like, "You're not doing your job. Like you're doing your job, great, but that's not." what your, your job. job is. Yeah. And that's when I started to kind of piece together that maybe I was onto something. So yeah. I love that you made that like natural transition. So when did you transition from like truly on the sales and marketing side to doing this for your day job? It took me seven years, which yep. sounds bananas. It's crazy. Um, especially yeah. at that time in your life, because seven years at that time in your life is like forever. It is. That's also the seven years in which I had the other three children. I was about <laughs> to say, didn't you also give birth? I'm doing the math. Yeah. Um, so what happens oftentimes in large organizations, well, in any organization, the people that get to do this work, and I say it that way because I think it's truly a privilege it to is. get to devote all your time to this stuff. Um, it's usually very small teams. There's usually not a ton of movement. So through no fault of anyone's, you can't just say, I want to do that work. And they're like, oh, okay, great. Here, come do this work. That's why it was always raising the hand, leading the women's group within my organization, leading the parents group within my organization. Um, the CFO was tapped to be the head of the Diversity and Inclusion Council, and I saddled up to her and said, hey, so I know this is a new opportunity for you. How would you like me to be your strategy and operations person? Again, as a side hustle. So I was constantly scanning Trying the periphery saying, 
where you're can seeing I pick opportunity. Up? Where can I pick up an opportunity? Where can I jump in and lend my skills so that when the job does come open, I can say, I have done it. Let me show you all the ways in we, which I've we done give it. that I, advice all the time. I, I would like that. to actually insert that for our listeners because we have such a varied amount of people at different parts of their career listening. But you know, so much of podcasting showcases people that are or so much of the business world showcases people that are coming up with a big idea. That, and, and all of us are guilty of like celebrating the big idea, the lottery ticket, the one that they worked 24 hours a day and now have this huge brand out there and we're all buying from the brand or wearing the brand or drinking from the brand, whatever. But one of the things that I spend time on and I, I am ignited by is hearing people seizing opportunity in their regular day-to-day jobs. So because of you, your big idea was to help others in, inside something that was already a functioning animal. Right. And you're recreating the wheel, which, by the way, sets the tone for all the rest of us. Because the platform, as we talked about in the car, for a large organization with tons of HR and internal support, they're the leaders. Your, your sentiments and your efforts are for the rest of our small businesses, which is so much of America. We need to follow your suit. Yeah, and, and because actually, you were just having some good ideas while you were, you know, raising four kids, you're you're able to be able to sit down in a boardroom and say, by the way, this is important. Well, and I think two things to point out, and Jamie, you mentioned this, like, you have to be good at your day job. You can't just raise your hand and say, hey, I think I can help there. Let me jump in and pick that up as yeah, well. Yeah, because it's so obvious that the reason you want to do that is because you're not necessarily jazzed about what you're doing day to day. So right. if you're really good and valued, and you know you're valued, but you have bigger ideas... That's the key, right? Yes. You leverage it. But you, you, need to get the, it. you need to get the buy-in and the championship right. and the comfort of people to say, hey, I'll let I you go you. pursue that because I know you're killing it in your day job. Exactly. So I think that's really important. Um, but I think the other piece is that you have to be strategic about it. And there has to be some intentionality behind why you're doing it. And, you know, you asked how long did I do it before I switched over. So... After going after it for seven years, six of which was in one same organization, and I was always very vocal and saying, look, this is what I'm happy to do for the organization today, and I'm really good at it, but here's what I really want to do. So everybody knew that was my aspiration. At some point, I was sitting at um, a women's leadership conference, and I looked to my agency partner, and I was in marketing at the time, and I said, uh, I'm done. I'm done. I really want to pursue this full time Mm -hmm. do you like what do you think and she's like you know I think you should talk to the head of my agency and I didn't know her from Adam and she connected me on a phone call and I expressed all of the things that I had been doing as my side hustle I set my intention I shared with her in a 30 minute conversation this is what I do in my day job here's all the other stuff that I've been doing as my functional roles and increasing other relevant experience experience. all of my relevant experience Mm -hmm. and keep in mind I had done sales I had done marketing multicultural marketing so not straight general market marketing because multicultural is what speaks to me sure getting brands to understand the voice of those that sometimes have no voice or that are not spoken for. So general market stuff and making sure the Latino community was included in Spanish language content and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So again, there's relevance to it. How does it connect to what I want to do? Um, I took on a global role because it helped me do global local. So I'm always picking up new skills. But when I spoke to this head of the agency, I said, this is what I want to do. What do you think? She's like, well, I don't know if you could do it in our agency. And it's a major holding company with a lot of agencies in it. She's like, but I think one of my close friends manages this for her pharma. 
Right, and there's a conversation that leads you to the right person. Can I tell you, it was, I reached out to her. She had just closed the job rec for a role on her team, reopened the rec so that I could post for it. I interviewed with them and said, I've never worked in the function in earnest, but here are all the things that I've done. And I approached it like I would any other pitch. Here's what you need. So you pitch yourself Here's for the job. 100%. 100%. And they're like, it doesn't scare us at all that you don't come from within HR. In fact, we like that you come from within commercial and the yep. business. And yep. we're you more than it. willing to mm-hmm. give you the shot. And That's that was amazing. the first time I crossed into it. Mm-hmm. And how long ago was that? That was in January of 2016. So that was three years ago. That's amazing. No, I'm sorry. It was in 2015. Yeah. So three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. We don't need to know math. Yeah. We just no, need to know math. all the languages if you, could you give, know. Typically, we would ask here, like, what do you wish you'd known then that you know now? And so how do you feel like you would give advice to your former self when you said you tried to do this at your small firm years ago? And they're like, nah. And they poo-pooed it. So you, you shut up. Yeah. Would you... Would you have pushed harder? And do you think that maybe it would be different? Like for our listeners out there that are thinking, oh my God, like this sounds like something I would want to do. Like yeah. whether it's in this vein or anything else that they think, you know, for example, Brings there's a lot of value. companies out there that don't have HR, for example, at all. Right. And I've had this conversation with many friends to say, you know, how valuable HR is or PR or any other function, right? And so your function obviously being super specific, what kind of advice could you give to other people or your former self? to push forward and how could you have done it back then do you think um well i think now there's no shortage of information like right, data that tells you that sure. culture culture eat strategy for lunch like companies that don't get that are really missing the boat Agreed. um so now it's a simple google search and there's no shortage of whether you want to talk about um gender diversity or racial and ethnic diversity or diversity of thought like there's the the stuff is there but what would i have told my my past self um I would have probably spoken to other people. Like this was a conversation between me and my direct manager and sure. I let him advocate for the idea and I didn't sort of you socialize didn't, like, go it. Out. I didn't yep. work the periphery. Um, I would definitely tell people you have to work the periphery. You have to create a critical mass for yep. something like this to happen. Um, in the end, I wouldn't have done anything differently because that it the timing wasn't right got at you. the time. Right. Yeah. It right. got you and that the piece of the puzzle. The company wasn't ready and I think that's the other thing that I've come to learn, like that first opportunity in that next organization where I finally got to do my dream work, um, I was loving it. But what I came to realize pretty quickly was that the organization wasn't as ready as they thought they were. Right. And so I ended up not doing the work for more than a year before a, a, a career sponsor called me and said, I know you're finally doing your dream work, but do you think I can pull on you to come back and do multicultural marketing for me here, which is the company that I'm at now, um, because I really need you. So it's, again, I, I knew that I could deliver on something. So you um, went back to your old roots for a little bit. I went back to I my old I saw that roots. on your LinkedIn. So she, she made the switch. I have it in front of me, so I'm cheating. But like she made the switch and then went to a different company. I actually remember this because we were already And went back friends. to her marketing job-ish yeah. and then switched again. So here you are again. Yeah, because but it, it happens. It, it happens. happens. It well, happens. actually, Sarah Personette said a great quote that we that we she had done the same thing. Yes, yes. That sometimes, sometimes, you have to take your, a step sometimes back. your your career needs to be a jungle gym. Yeah, and you have to go like kind of a little bit all over the place. Yeah, in order to find where you're meant to be. Yeah, and I think when I was able to go back at the request of of this senior leader, it I had 
career, extreme career confidence. I had a really strong sense of self-awareness. It was good timing. It was the right time. And in layman's terms, you could do the job with your eyes closed. I could do the job with my eyes closed. And I knew I was going to be able to dedicate a certain percentage of my bandwidth to my side hustle at this gig. And now that's the job that I have. And now they're, now you're in it and you've been in it for how long? 18 months. Amazing. Yeah. I, I um, I love it. I, I know, don't know if I realize that, like, admittedly, like, I obviously read your whole thing, but I'm like, I love that you created this destiny for yourself. That's such a thing I preach to people all day long, that, like, if you are unhappy at work, there's something you can be doing about it. Oh, and she's it, getting emotional. No, I, I, I really do. I feel really passionate that if it's not there inside of the walls that you're in, create it. Or go create it somewhere else. That's right. And create your own magic. You have to. Yeah. And that's what you did. And it took you a while. It but did. you did it. It I did. I love that. And what you're doing, by the way, for the different groups under the people that don't have the voices or whatever, um, you're, you're leading by example. Because the truth is, is we all sit there and we say a job, you know, my dad who helped us start our business and has been in business for over 45 years will sometimes say a job is a means to an end. But I don't think we live in that world anymore. We don't. I think we live in a world where when we're working, we want to feel our best self because if we're not enjoying ourselves. Now, I'm not saying that work, I also will, I'm guilty of saying work is work. If it wasn't work, it would be called day camp <laughs> but, um, or sleepaway camp or any kind of camp or any kind of vacation or spa day. But my point is, in general, when you can find joy and you can define yourself or redefine yourself in your career... That's how you're a better person. It's how you're a better mom. It's how you're a better friend. So that you're spending your waking hours doing something that you feel passionate about. You're, you're making that impact and you're speaking to that 15-year-old self that had a meltdown because the world was so large and you wanted to just fix it. I mean, you're doing it. You're honoring her. I, I mean, yeah. the fact that I get to legitimately part of the solution, be part of the solution for an organization the size that I'm in is mind-blowing to me it sometimes is very overwhelming yeah um but the truth is look if you're not able to show up to work and you feel like you have to suppress parts of who you are whether it's the part of you that's a conservative christian or a member of the lgbtq community or that you're a working mom or that you're um an aging uh, you have an aging parent at home that you have to care for. Like there is energy that you have to expend towards that. And that's energy that you're not expending towards whatever the problem is you're there to solve. So if I can't take care of you or create an environment within which you get to be all of that and you don't have to waste time thinking about the other stuff you're trying to push down, we all win. And in, in winning for the, in the context of what I do is meaning that patients get to live more fuller, richer lives with whatever they're managing. And the employees of Santa Fe. Sanofi. I was going to do it in French. I was going to do it in French. Sanofi are dancing like no one's watching. That's the intention. I love that. Love it. So oh we, 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 by the way. It's crowded. Yeah. And the, it pizza, is. and the pizza smells good. I'm just the pizza saying. Smells it smells so good. good. Um, it's also because we haven't eaten pizza okay. in three months. And, uh, um, no. Where are we? I don't know. I lost my train Oh, no. I, we, we, we have mantras. I did. I yeah. did. Um, and we believe in mantras and we say them all the time. And um, we're wondering, and we, we have internal mantras that I obviously could apply to you the say yes and the dream big and all the things that we subscribe Preach. to sure um but i think it would be more important for our audience especially since we just covered so many inspirational things do you have a mantra i do i have two that i think about professionally all the time and one is see a need fill a need 
Like you don't always have to wait for somebody to give you permission to jump in. If there's something that needs to be done and it speaks to you, jump in and do it. Like you're always going to learn and gain from it. Um, and the other one is um, be the reason for the exception. Like just because it's never been done, just because people traditionally don't get to cross over from commercial into HR and lead this kind of function doesn't mean that I shouldn't be the first reason or the first person to do it. The exception to the rule. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Preach. Preach. Yeah. Uh, and then with when you have to lead, I mean, listen, if we were to just take a moment, let's just take a moment, okay? This is where I'd like to insert before we transition here. Can you walk us through your week last week? Regular mom of four, by the way, with a whiteboard, with all the different <laughs> practices <laughs> and things. I call upon my inner Christina when I'm trying to manage my two children, not so gracefully, and you have four. Yeah. Um, walk me through last week. Just one calendar week of 2019. Okay. So Where were you? Last week I was in Las Vegas. Yes. Um, before, Spe- for work. Hold on. But speaking to 1,400 people. Yes. Of your own employees. Yes. To teach them. About, in that piece of the world, right? Or country, yeah. About, about your what, importance. About what I what I do for the company, but more importantly, what it means to them. Why mm-hmm. it is important to them, or should be important to them, and how they're thinking about this work as it relates to Hiring. getting up every day. Yeah. Hiring, but interacting with customers, sure. patients, everything that they do, creating marketing campaigns, all of that. So that's why I was in Las Vegas. Um, the whole picture of the week, um, before I leave, we have the monthly calendar that gets translated to what's important that week, who's got what going on down to like what we're going to plan to have dinner that week, who needs to be shuttled where, um, we have, sounds like Beth and Randall's calendar. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Have, sorry. Just Double. another, this is a sorry. reference. Just, just excuse us. We, um, we have help. I have someone that helps me at home with, with the kids and getting everybody where they are. I have a wonderfully supportive husband who doesn't travel as much for his work. So he is a, a more consistent presence because he's, he's not called upon to, to go Unfortunately, places. his interests match a lot of your kids' interests. Yes. That's he, very, it's a nice benefit. Which came first, the chicken or the I'm egg? I'm not there. sure. <laughs> <laughs> One may not have more like yeah. yeah. Um, he's in education and he coaches, certainly. And then, um, so I'm away doing this. Part of my role there is also to espouse the benefits to this mass of 1,400 um, of how they can get involved to um, nurture the whole of who they are. So I was telling Marissa on the way here. So part of our role, part of my role and my team's role is we have nine, now 10 employee resource groups. So think of them as clubs and communities we had within that, the company. I w- when I worked at Turner t- at CNN, we had some of those. Same. Like sure. a working moms group and we have working um, parents, LBGs, yep, women's, all that. pride, cancer connects, I diabetes connects. We have one now for disability inclusion. Like, like clubs. why shouldn't you, why have, shouldn't you have that at work? where you work? I yeah. agree. Yeah. Because it's part of who you are, right? So my, my job there was sort of to sell, if you will, the benefits of that to this group. Um, for them and to join and get involved. That's I right. Love that. um, there's also the, the, the head of total well-being is on our team as well. And so she was there espousing all of the benefits and the resources to our employees to help them manage the rest of who they are. And incidentally, while I was also there, my husband's grandmother passed away. So I was managing, you know, kind of what did that look mm-hmm. like and had to cut my trip short by a few hours and come home to, to go to the wake on Friday night. So it was the full gamut. Like that was, was what all my the week things, looked like last all week. All the things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So while you're doing all that and leading, and I'm going to guess you, like me, are not somebody asks for a lot of help. 
How do you stay inspired? What inspires you? Um, so, or how do you stay balanced enough? I think the word for you in, in, in inspiration also means balance. How do you stay mentally focused, and, focused and inspired to be to able to handle talking. all of those pitches thrown at you left and right? Um, so I had to make a couple of changes this year. Um, funny, funny enough, I had to stop listening to the news uh, come January 1. So I no longer listen to the news on my way to work. So that's one of the ways that I stay balanced because my whole Marissa job. Marissa does that too. Marissa doesn't listen to the news. My sure. whole job is what the news is, right? So like yep. I walk into work, if there's a new Me Too matters, Me Too issue, that, that that's under the scope of what I do. If there's new things happening socially in our sphere, like that, that hits my, my email feed. So I don't need to listen to the news. So that's one way I balance. It's just sort of. So you create a boundary to have some quiet that I, does not feel invasive on your right. What do you listen to on the way to work instead? I our podcast, Dreamcatchers. I listen to your <laughs> podcast, and there are a couple of other, po- a couple of other very positive podcasts that I listen to now because I want to feed my soul in a positive way before I get into work. Um, I practice yoga. I practice a very specific kind of yoga because I'm a little bit of a control freak, so I only do Hot 26 because I know exactly what the sequence yep. is going to be. And I was telling Jamie before I used to travel a lot more globally. And I got in the practice of every country that I went to, I would take a, a Bikram class there because it doesn't matter what language you speak, you know what the sequence is going to be. Right, a hot 26 is like a Starbucks. It's like 26 different poses, right? You know, okay. you know what you're going to get. I just recently That's got right. into hot yoga, but I don't do hot 26. So, like, Marissa used to take that. And it's like 26 poses. Yes, no matter what. And in the same order, no matter same where order. you are. No matter where. So, I've done it in Barcelona, in Lima, in Tokyo, in Paris, in Switzerland. Um, and then I try to do it in different cities. That would different be a fun here. Instagram story. It would. And I wish I would have taken pictures of all those studios along the way. Yeah. Um, but that's the way that I I, um, I hold that time sacred. And now when I do it, I try to do it two, three times a week. I do it at 5.15 in the morning because it's the only time I can get it in. Um, because I you have that will, mom guilt. I can't do it at night because I should be you home. Be and, kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's how I maintain the balance. And sometimes I don't do it so great. Um, but I try and I think there's, that's an important part of it too. I have full transparency with my team, with my family, with my friends that sometimes I'm going to do a really bad job. <laughs> and, um, but I yeah, think- we, I mean, we talk about that all the time. I'm like, I'm like fail. one yeah. foot in the, in the pool and one foot out, like everywhere I am. Right. I'm like a little off everywhere. Right. Particularly like I'm not, I definitely forgot something at home. Like I'm, I'm like, there's always a little there's bit always of coffee something. spilled down I your say shirt. my brain is like one in, one out. So like if I remembered to do something for myself, like Sam definitely doesn't have water at school today. No water bottle. Like right. one in, one out. Like right. if I remembered something, I forgot something else. Um, so to bring it to our listeners a bit, like our, you know, a lot of people that listen to our podcast who follow us are candidates or looking for jobs or clients who are looking to hire. So obviously as a senior level executive, I'm sure you do a little bit of interviewing, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So when you're looking at a resume or you're interviewing somebody um, or you're having a conversation or somebody that's asking you to pick their, your brain, what impresses you? Um, a high level of preparation, especially now. There is so much information yep. available to yep. everyone. There's no reason to walk into a scenario uninformed, period, about my products, about me as a person, sure, uh, about what's going on within the organization. It is super simple. So if you're not going to dedicate at least that much time, you've sort of already lost me. Sure. Um, and then the other one is self-awareness. So if you're not going to project like authentically 
where you're at. So I would rather you tell me I've never done this before, but I'm really eager to learn than if you try to project something different than who you are and what you are, particularly because we have such a high connected world now. And and in our industry, I will literally tell people in the interview, I'm like, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to leave and I'm going to make one phone call and I'm going to be able to validate, validate all of the things out, that you like said. Your whole background. Yeah. Yes. Right. And I don't and see it as, as a threat. It's more like just, hey, in full transparency, sure. we are highly connected as an industry. So it's going to be super simple. For sure. And that goes for any deal. industry. We talk about this all the time. And then also what you were saying about the if you don't know how to do it, but you show me all the things that you've done that could apply, they don't even realize that you yourself did that, right? Yeah. So I always tell people, be your authentic true self because you have no idea what kind of note you're going to strike on the person who's And what's really meant you. to be, I mean, we've built a career on, on fate and destiny because what's really meant to be is if I go out on an interview and I happen to be vulnerable and I happen to be honest and endearing and passionate in front of you, you're the right hiring manager for me that to would have appreciate done that, that. Now, if if for whatever the reason you're like, what's happening here? That's not for me. Then she likely was not meant to work for you, and that's no. what we tell people all the time. Right. And I and I think what people forget too is that every interaction is part and parcel to a larger interview process. And so even if I'm interviewing with you right now, and you're like, she's not for this job, but man, she would be great yes. for this job that I might not have visibility to because maybe you didn't post it yet. Or maybe it doesn't even exist. Yep. We but preach if I this can, all the time. Yeah. You never know unless you go on the interview. You go on the interview, you meet with Marissa. She says, you know what? You're not right, 100% right for what I'm working on. But Christina has something. And I'm going to make one phone call and pass you along. Because I, I think somebody just resigned on her team. Just because you just never know what's going on internally. Right. So I always tell people, just go on the meeting. You never know, right? Or it could be Marissa's husband or best friend is hiring somewhere else and all of a sudden, it's just, if nothing else, building your network and building who you are and, and picking and up a little most, piece of the and puzzle. And for the most part, people want to help. Yes. I would say more people are willing to help if they can, if they have the bandwidth to, or if they can make an impact in your life, they're willing to do so. And Meanwhile, I, speaking of helping, we have Ming here from uh, Shared Universe. We're okay over here? Is okay. it loud? It feels us? loud. No? I mean, We're good? Really We're good. Awesome. Hi people are listening. listening and watching. Um... <laughs> And I mean, we're fully having a conversation in the lunchroom. I know. Yeah, like, and, but I'm sure you all have had this thought in, the, in your mind the last five minutes. Like, it's loud okay. in here. I wonder if they can hear me. Yeah. Have you yeah. Been I'm like, I'm sorry. I need to ask me. <laughs> sorry. Okay. I need one second. Um, okay. Everyone can always hear me. So. so I likely don't even need the mic. Is there anything that we have not asked you that you think we should have? Yeah. Like we always say, you've, I'm sure been interviewed before. You've talked to I mean, you're like audiences. a professional motiva- so, like, motivational, motivational speaker. speaker, which is what you wanted to be besides the basketball. So if you... <laughs> If like, is there anything that you would like to say to a, an audience of listeners that we didn't ask, or anything that we didn't cover, um, about yourself, or maybe about what you do? Well, I I think what I do is such a hard thing to articulate to people, but because um, sometimes it scares them, right? Sure. And I think if I can give one plug for the inclusion and diversity community, it's remember that. My, I really am dedicated to making sure that everybody feels invited. So sometimes there's a large portion of, of the world and society that feels like this is about other people. Just remember that we're all othered in some way. Sure. And I love that. there's nobody that's out of this conversation. It is literally my title to make sure people are included, right? So I think that's just a plug for I'm a space. lot of other. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a lot, lot of, of other. I'm so many layers of other. I may not other. necessarily on paper be a lot of other but then yeah. that's the other thing everybody's, like, I, other everybody's a lot of I other I love that sentence of because even if you look that you know even for men now and women now and 
It doesn't matter. We talked about that briefly in the car. It's everybody is other in some way. Yeah. And, or has an interest that's other, or they might be going through something that's other, which is what I love about the groups that you've created or helped to create or manage. Because, like you said, I mean, even pe- somebody might be fighting cancer, or they might have a relative that's fighting cancer, and that's their other. Or they're struggling with something in mental health, right? And we don't walk around saying, hi, my name is mom, daughter, survivor, whatever. No, that's only Fill for commercials. Blank, right, it's only right. for commercials. Um, so I, I wish that we had that. But the other thing more from a career advice for people who are thinking about, should I, shouldn't I? Should I enter the workforce? Should I re-enter the workforce? Should I continue down the path that I'm at um, I just like to remind people like figure out what you're good at and what you love and find a way to marry those things yes. I guarantee that there's a way and sometimes they're more obvious than we even realize but that if that's your North Star you're never going to go wrong I 100% agree in fact we I, I just wrote down that I want to add this to our interview questions because we often ask our candidates who are you in your group of friends, right? So if you're really like struggling, you can't figure out, or maybe you're a new grad, or maybe you're making a career transition, or maybe you're going back to work, you know, who are you, right? Who's Christina? Like you're a leader, you're a motivator, you're a connector, all of those things. And now you've been able to figure out a path professionally where you can do those things at work. Yeah. Which is like the, like you, you're a dream catcher, girl. That is what you are. So like, that is why we're interviewing obsessed. you. I am. Because, obsessed. Because that is why we're interviewing you. Like, these are the people that, that, that work in the corporate world in some capacity that created their own destiny. They ignite other people. That's what we, I believe passionately in. Be an igniter. Illuminate. Help other people shine. That's, I mean, that's what I get. That's why I get up in the morning. Sure. And it's palpable. And when you see it, you know it. Like, that's yeah. the one thing that I would say that I start to hear more and more and more. Like, it's so obvious that you love what you do. And I do. And it is a privilege to get to do this work. And um, what a great thing to be able to say about your job. Right? Great Amazing. Thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, those that leads us very well into our last two questions, which is for 2019. What? Do for what? Uh, Sorry. what are we eating for lunch? Can't we have okay. some pizza? Um, for 2019, we talk, we set our intentions, obviously, at the beginning of the year, as most do. We don't call it resolutions, necessarily, but we're really setting a tone for the remainder of our year. And obviously, we're now entering second quarter. Um, what would you say your action word is for 2019? Um, Besides balance your whiteboard at home. So you're going to laugh because it may seem incongruent with the rest of what I've said, but I've done this the year of no. For me, it's funny because one of our mantras is say yes, but you know what? Sometimes you just had to say no. But say yes means a different thing. Yeah, this is say no like you don't have to do all of the things. I, I can't do everything. So I, I do strongly believe that you can do anything. You just can't do everything all at once, right? So you really can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. Yes. So I, because I want to be really dedicated to what I do and because I want to be really present when I am at home and when I'm with my family and, and I want to make space for that balance, um, the year of no to me means like not bringing on things to my plate that I can't truly dedicate the right attention to. So no like means... The news. Being like more selective. Like saying no being to the more news. selective. Yes. Yeah. Saying no to certain things that, that yeah. make your space crowded. Yeah. So, so you're, not, you're not going to plan the block party? I'm not going to plan the block party. <laughs> well, that's too bad. I thought you were going to do that. First, but, gonna, social chair, you're going to have to pick that well, up. So if, if we make that sound a little bit nicer, it's intentionality. Like be really intentional about what I give my energy and time and attention um, to where it makes sense. I think we could all, we could all, we could all do that. We could all take a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And what would you... Um, we talked about this a little bit with who you are and your group of friends and 
we're big believers in that everybody innately has a superpower, right? Everybody has their thing that they bring to a group, to life. What would you say is your superpower? To bring passion mm-hmm. into what you do. I, it's, I can't leave that at the door. It sort of leads before I even walk in, but um, it's to ignite passion within people. Love it. Christina, oh, this was such it. a good conversation. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We're in the for middle of a, like a, a, I don't even know what's I don't happening know. right no, now. It's so a situation. It's yeah. like as if I'm in my own bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we wrap with the same customary questions because we think they're fun. And you have shared so much of your whimsy and your personal life through your professional life, which is what I think is probably the most magnetic thing about you. Because when you know you, we know a little bit about all of you all the time. When you go home, and we don't have to talk about Fairhaven, although that's fun too, but when you go back to Florida, or if you would like to talk about the Monmouth County area, what's your go-to order at your favorite restaurant? Um, now, it's, I love the cauliflower pizza at our corner pizzeria. And at Lupo? Lupo. At Lupo. I love I've it. heard it's really, it's really good. good. By the way, I had it the other day. Yeah, I've it's heard good. It's, it's really, really good. good. With, with fresh mushrooms. I hate canned yeah. mushrooms. No, canned mushrooms are... Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, oh, I don't please. mind please. I don't lie. Okay, Marissa I, I likes the canned mushroom. I do. We grew up in the well, same house. We're not house. supposed to talk about processed things anymore. No, we are not allowed to eat them currently, That's but That's not we, part of the They're not part of the diversity. clean cut. <laughs> 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 they're, not, they're not included in our plan. Time's up. Okay, process. so Okay, so that's your favorite order. I love it that. It is, yeah. Um, so when I was... I, I talk about this on every episode, but... Uh, I was at a, a dinner, like a girls' dinner, 40th, with Sarah Personette as a friend before we interviewed her, obviously. And she talked, she actually is a CEO and has led teams before. And she says she does an exercise with teams that you would appreciate as somebody that leads a team where she asks people every time somebody starts working for her, if you could travel anywhere in the world alone with a partner and with your friends, where would you go? I, um, I need very desperately to go on a yoga retreat. Um, and Come this with is, us on Tootsies. So, but Shameless this, plug. This is my alone. Like, I want to go, like, almost, By yourself. Yeah, by, by myself. Like, almost, like, on a silent retreat. Like, just to really... Oh, I know somebody that did that. I can find it for you. Please do. I will. Because that's something that I would put on, like, my bucket list for sure. Um, so, that's my that's alone. That's brave, That's your alone. That is brave. Yeah. I'm a little afraid of what would come up, but I still think it's important to do that. Like, I feel like everybody should do that work. Um, the one second one was with, uh, with my, couple, partner, with my yeah. husband. Yeah, with your husband. Um, so I have an opportunity to go to Portugal for work, um, but I would love to go with him. So he's Portuguese, and I know he spends some time there playing soccer, but um, I would love to just go with him. And the, the other close second is I'm Cuban, but I've never been. My husband's so I Cuban think- and never been. We should all go together, Havana. So I've never been. So that's the thing that I would want to go with him and explore. And then with my friends. So I have an amazing group of 10 girlfriends that I went to high school with. And we... um, we go away every year, so I anywhere with them. It could be anywhere. When I turned 40, it was my house. Kenny took the kids out of the house, and they took my house over, and we spent the weekend there. So it doesn't matter where we are, anywhere with them. I we'll love do. that. Nice yeah. I tell my friends, I'm like, we could just go to Target, <laughs> and I'd be so happy. Like, I don't need yeah. to be anywhere as long as I'm with you. I love that. Yep. Um, and I think to close us off, we talk often, Marissa even said it earlier, about how we have, like, crushes on brands a lot, right? So we, in what we do for a living, like to see what's the cool, hot thing, or in your world, obviously, that defines itself differently. But um, 
what do, what are you crushing on right now? Like, what are you just so into? Like, whether that's a brand or, like you said, obviously 26 or, you know, your yoga practice. But is there anything that kind of just jazzes you right now? I am in super in love with Bill and Melinda Gates. Mm-hmm. Um, the work that they do through their foundation and the sheer appreciation and love that they have for each other and how they bring that to life. Like I've had the opportunity to go to their headquarters in Seattle um, and they, they take their brilliance and their wealth and they're so generous with it in such mm-hmm. a meaningful way. They truly believe that every, every um, human life has value and, and they pour themselves into that. But then like their yearly letter that they put out mm-hmm. with their video and like feeding each other their wedding cake. Like, is there anything more gorgeous than that? Like, yeah, yeah. They're amazing. I so I crushed on them and I have for a long, long time. So they would be invited to your dinner party if you had like one of those questions, which Hands I always, down. we could add at one point. Well, you know what? The Who's Gates, invited to your de- The Gates dinner- family and the Dreamcatchers. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Done. Boom. And we can do it in Havana. It would be <laughs> perfect. Sounds it like would a plan. check off all the boxes. Yes. Great. Um, well, this was so awesome. I'm was- so happy you came and did this with us. And it's such a beautiful venue, interesting, vibrant, energetic right venue. Here yeah. In Lundell, New Jersey. Yeah, Bell right? Works. Who knew? Is that I what love we, it. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you, ladies, both. Thank you, Thank for, you. for coming. All Thanks, right. Ming. Thanks, Thank Ming. Thank you, guys. Oh, my God. That was so awesome.
Like that doesn't yeah, cost yeah, anything. Yeah, right? yeah. I'd love to check it out. I, we are working with a cancer um, support website that wants it to partner either with like a wing or a luminary to do like a meetup. Um, but so yeah, I would rather luminary because I feel like yes. That's what, like, no, and you need the more the mature, right. no, of course, and mature plus no. Except for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but you're like, like, you know, but they're, yeah, we, and, yeah, and Maris an editor like, that we, Maris is not a traditional millennial. Yeah, and like, we, when we have gone there, I get like a weird, like, it's very like, against, in a weird way, I can't explain it, like, it's very like, they're like, I don't know. And there's, okay, I connected with her, okay, so the company that I connected with, your husband and Nickelodeon with, yes, Coco, I also connected with Amy Berger, who is friends with you guys. Check, 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 check. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. Check, check, check. This one? This one? Okay. All right. Thank you for having me. Sure. My name is Christina Santos, and I head inclusion and diversity for Santa Fe. Um, it's a huge. Sorry. So, okay. Sure. My name is Christina Santos, and I had inclusion and diversity for Santa Fe. It's a human healthcare company. Uh, globally, I have remit over the North America Inclusion and Diversity team.